Hey, Bits listeners. Just so you know, this episode was recorded about a week and a half before the date we're releasing it. It's not super important that you know that, but in, in case some of our discussion seems a little dated, given how much has happened over the last week and a half, uh, that's why. On with the show. tell you something. New York is the greatest fucking city in the world. My city. I was a kid in these streets. I started in a fucking gutter and I made it to the top. This life ends one of two ways, dead or in jail. I did both. Yeah, I forget to like schedule it. So I just like pull it up, start a new meeting and then go. There we go. Took a picture of it. And it's always like the most complicated password. I know. Like trying to organize my notes. I have like notes on my suit, and then I have notes on a piece of paper. So I'm like, put it in order. Yeah, I've got, I've got just my, my notes app. <laughs> so much stuff. <laughs> I don't have a lot. I don't know why. I have a, I have a hard time taking doing these movies, but I'm sure I'll pick you back off a lot of notes that you guys have. <laughs> Um, that I'll be like, oh yeah, I didn't think of it like that. But like, the stuff... It's, this is a richly nuanced movie. <laughs> I like looking at the stuff after, like the stuff that's like, not in the movie. And that's why I like the whole idea of like, basing it off of... And then you yeah. Hollywood it up and what didn't. Well this, uh, this one like, you know, that uh, helpfully gives you the, uh, you know the pictures of the the real people, like you know, <laughs> the, the news footage. <laughs> yeah, no, that was cool. That I really. Hmm. Hey, buddy. Welcome to the apocalypse. <laughs> you thought yeah. COVID was bad. Woo. Now every fucking middle-aged suburban woman thinks they're coming for her Cracker Barrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don't break the God. windows. <laughs> I am just, it's been a weird, like, three months. Uh-huh. This has been the weirdest, like, four days out. Like, I, yep. this is weirder than 9-11. It is. And I'm not trying to, like, I'm not downplaying the significance of 9-11. No. I'm saying 9-11 caused a lot of weird shit, but there was, like, a general understanding of what happened. Yeah. Right? So, like, 9-11 happens. Like, the the towers fall, and everyone's like, oh, shit, terrorists. And the president gets on TV and says, fucking terrorists. And now we're going to figure this out. And then, like, different people got scared of different things. Like, my dad stockpiled, like, empty water bottles um, (laughs) because he was convinced that the terrorists are going to poison the drinking supply or whatever. Everyone, like, reacted different ways. But the general facts of what was going on, everyone was pretty clear on. Yeah. This, the past four days have just been like the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. yeah. And I just, that's it. I, I, don't know, I don't even want to talk about it on the podcast. I, or maybe I did, yeah. I don't know. But I have seen so many rumors that have just been proven absolutely false. Like different buildings are burning that aren't building or are not burning. Mm. Like the they, the quote, you guys can't see my finger quote. They're coming. Well, like, it's they're a weird like because it's what though they're like it's those people from out of state they're coming they're the whole they're thing. coming to loot all the stores like they're not all from out of state <laughs> oh, the whole, they arrested like five from out of state last night in Providence the whole thing that was coming down Broadway was like a youth program um, it was like a couple of youth programs all in one and then that mm. were it, and then they were inviting people to do it so it was but it was like a friendly like it, that was like a general like peaceful like prayer vigil protest it was like. Hey, this is that was actually nice. That was really nice that everyone did that. And like, oh god, the blacks are coming. <laughs> um, they live here. Well, we were supposed to have one on Sunday. They can't. <laughs> there was one last night. Yeah. Well, there was one last night. Yeah, but there's there was supposed to be a parade on this coming Sunday, and yeah. then they canceled it because people were like, "We're going to Newport next," and I guess there were some threats made on the social media. Yeah, so the uh, the people that were running the peaceful march were like, you know what? We're not even going to do this because 
that's not what we want it to be. We actually want a peaceful march, and uh, we want people to show up and ruin it. This is going to be a mess. Yep. Welcome to the Bit Players Bits Per Second Podcast. I'm Jared. I'm Jim. And I'm Carl. We are here to regale you with tales that don't involve Karens worrying about the security of their local Walmart. Um, we go through the things we want to talk about. And today we want to talk about a little movie that Jim recommended. I, I, I am very happy, still very happy that I recommended it. <laughs> a little movie called Gotti, a yes. biopic, as is what we're doing. But all Everything is based on a true story. And Gotti is based on the story of notorious mafia man, the Don, the Dapper Don, John Gotti. And was. I was trying to think of who it was. Yep. Of the Gambino crime family. <laughs> you didn't read the title, Carl? <laughs> I was like, I thought it was like a Gotti. Like, I gotcha. I thought it was like an Italian thing. Oh my God. That's. <laughs> I don't know if that's racist or dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's, if anything, it's it's not racist. It's ethnically insensitive. <laughs> so it's it's a 2018 biopic. Um, mm-hmm. John Gotti died some years ago, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, when in late 90s, when I forgot what I forgot the, the the movie's timeline was so clear. I'm not sure. 2002. That, uh, <laughs> it's 2002. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like the peak. It was peak um, interest in the like sopranos world in 2002 ish i would say right ish yeah 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 like thereabouts um anyway so what do we think of this movie i uh (laughs) let's just give it a big thumbs up or thumbs down at the beginning i carl i'm curious i'm gonna I, i can't decide if I like there were aspects that I, I'm doing them neutral there were aspects that I really liked and then I was like oh my god so like I'm like kind of in the middle with it I'm still trying to figure it out I'm still trying to you know I don't know but I have a medium thumb <laughs> Jim I assume you're a positive uh, oh you assume wrong this movie is terrible oh um, my god alright so um, we have listen. no positive <laughs> This is a, the movie. Big thumbs down. John Travolta's performance as John Gotti, though, huge enthusiastic thumbs up. <laughs> uh, this is I. This this movie is a. Uh, the is such a like, a, such a mess from beginning to end. And if you know anything about the history of it, it's a me- It was a. It, it, it was a mess like right from when they started it. <laughs> so, like it's it had been in the works for about ten years. So, so something I noticed just at the very beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. and you know, there's always a lot of credits. Mm-hmm. There, there were like ten different production companies that were involved in like this movie. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I was gonna point that out about Serenity because Serenity has a lot too. Like I, I, I didn't mention it. I forgot to mention it on the podcast, but yeah, like you've never seen so many flies just like claiming one piece of shit as their own. <laughs> but it's like, it, it, I don't know, it's kind of like spreading the pain around. So it's not as like, it's, it's not as much, it's not too harsh on one of them. Like when, when we watched Serenity, like I, one of the notes I wrote down was at the beginning when they're announcing the companies that are, that are behind the movie, the studios and the, uh, the distributors and the production companies. This is, these are the, uh, these are the credits for Serenity. Universal, Aviron, Global Road, Starlings, Nebula Star, and Shoebox Films. <laughs> it was like six, six companies. And I thought that, wow, that's a lot. Until I watched Gotti <laughs> and I saw Sunrider, Vertical Entertainment. Emmett Furla Oasis films, not associated with the Gallagher brothers, to my uh, to my knowledge. Fiore films, ingenious, not ingenious productions, just like or ingenious films, like just ingenious, like it just says ingenious on the screen, as if it's trying to yeah. say, yeah, this is this is pretty ingenious. Uh, you forgot the most important one. Uh-huh. 
Movie Pass. <laughs> movie Pass Ventures. <laughs> movie Pass Ventures. <laughs> the oh, the company that, that went belly up shortly after. <laughs> so it is one of few films to actually hold a 0% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Now we want to make sure we don't do all of those films. Mm-hmm. They get sprinkled in every once in a while. Yeah. We don't um, want to do uh, Master of Disguise right after our... Uh... <laughs> That based on a true story? I heard it was. We should watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy is a... It is. Um, like, yeah, the George W. Bush story, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, this movie was a lot. And you can tell, like... Mm-hmm. But you can tell that this movie is the kind of movie that went through so many rewrites and so mm-hmm. many, like, post-production shots where, like, they'll have younger people and they look, like, five years older the next time you see them. yeah. Like, uh, I can't imagine that this was all shot at the same time. Oh, I can't imagine it either. Like, I'm sure that there was some, like, pre-production that was done, like, ten years ago. Yeah. Because um, this went, this passed through so many hands before it finally landed at the feet of uh, Kevin Connolly, E from Entourage, who is the film's credited director. Of course he is. Because um, what is more Entourage than a mob movie? Exactly. And that this is kind of like if the cast of Entourage made it, uh, 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 like a serious movie, this is what it would look like. This would be something they would cast themselves in, right? Yeah. Like the I'm surprised that. that yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jim. No, I was, I was going to say I'm surprised that there's not a Piven to be seen in this movie. One of the guys, if it was in Entourage, that's in this. Um, one of the. Shoot, it was uh, it was the son's like best friend. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> he was in Entourage. Yeah, right. Right. I believe it. But I was like trying to figure out. I'll, I'll get to that later, though. But I, I got a, I got a fun one for that one. <laughs> um. So anyway, though this is may, maybe might be one of the worst movies of all time, um, it does have the best opening line of all time. <laughs> yep. Let me tell you something. New York is the greatest fucking city in the world. It's just like, it could be at the beginning of a Bronx tale. Yeah. It could be about any movie in New York. Well, yeah. And then, then he says, this, this world of ours ends one of two ways. Dead or jail. And I did both. <laughs> and it was like, well, like no, I think your life are you claiming the- death is an accomplishment? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, he died before, in that he died before somebody killed him, I guess. Like, I guess it sort of is. <laughs> Just I, very strange. The, the, the thing with the opening, as soon as he started talking, I was like, did they call John Travolta after he was out drinking and was like, Italian <laughs> accent? And he's like, think about New York. <laughs> Dessert. And I'm like, holy shit, this is just drunk John Travolta doing an Italian accent. But he had this. So the thing that John Travolta gets credit for throughout this movie is that he has an all time great sourpuss. Like the entire movie. Absolutely. Like the kind that your mom tells you if you keep your face like that, it'll stick. Yeah. He did. <laughs> um, yeah, I just. I'll let Jim, you take it from the top. I want to hear your thoughts first um, as a fan of this movie. <laughs> so of sorts. Um, I just think, like, I, 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 you can see the, um, like, this movie wants so bad to be, like, a Scorsese. Like, it wants so bad to be Goodfellas and The Godfather. Or, like, uh, the, 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 you know... Kevin Connolly plays the notes so hard, but he can't put he can't play the music. Like, there's all the like the Italian songs on the soundtrack, plus Pitbull for some reason, and uh, plus all Pet the, Shop Boys and Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but that's weird too because like normally, like what Scorsese does all the time is you know he he puts like music of the era to let you know what like you know when this takes like place. Like good, yeah, like Goodfellas. Um, that. Uh, and like this movie does that too, except there's the one scene that like 
It's set in like the early 90s, but it has Pitbull for some reason just diegetically on the soundtrack. Like like Pitbull is on an episode of Entourage. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, if you ever make a movie, you put my song in? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, sure. I'm never going to make a movie. And then, and then it turns out Kevin Connolly's making a movie, and then Pitbull gives a ring ring. And he's like, yeah. And then you said you were going to put my song in your movie? It's like, oh, I got a shoehorn it in th- somewhere. Don't want to piss off. Uh, no, I also wrote this song. Uh, oh, you're doing John Gotti? I wrote this song. Can you play over the opening credits? Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Fireball. It, was, it had the effect of... Um, like, so the, the most recent like remake of uh, uh, The Great Gatsby, where they mm. use... To show the opulence and stuff, they used hip hop. They used a lot of Jay Z and stuff. Yeah, um, it has the effect of that for like three seconds, and mm. then it goes into like the equivalent of that's amore. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it completely loses it, and it's just so funny. It bounces back and forth. Yeah, the music was a constant for me, like a constant issue. Yeah, like, like playing Silent Night while John Gotti is going around killing his enemies. Yeah, well, he kills what's the the guy he ended up going to prison for, yeah. Paul Paul Castellano, who looks like an aging Elvis, whoever whatever actor <laughs> played him. But I do want to tell you, like the most ham fisted. So I'm, I I do want to give Stacy Keach is really good in this. Stacy Keach is role, good, I yeah. Um, Dios mío, Stacy Keach. <laughs> yeah, but the, the the most like pseudo Scorsese. It was like it's like a guy that went to film school for like. Uh-huh. Half a year, and only got through like some of the stuff. So, and I wrote down the entire um, exchange where he's mm-hmm. sitting there talking to Gotti, uh-huh. just describing how he's going to seize control. Mm-hmm. And he holds up his hand and he says, "Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, the Bronx, huh? That's a fist." <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, technically those are five burrows and five fingers do make a fist. I'm surprised but that... What pseudo tough guy bullshit that is. I it just... means nothing. So much dialogue that is nothing. Like, I remember there's the scene that I, like, <laughs> the scene that made me laugh was when, like, uh, it's, or it's an early scene where it's like Travolta and the whole, the, the whole crew, like, Walking down the street, he's just like this motherfucking guy. I'm gonna fucking kick you, motherfucker! Like, and then like they pause to talk to the like the whatever the the kid from the gym is like the the fighter, and he and he's like, hey, yeah, you're working out, like, yeah, not so much anymore. They closed down the gym because the regulations. Um, and he's like, oh, well, we have to do something about that. Anyway, this fucking guy, this fucking guy, like, I'm gonna fucking kick his ass, just jumping the fucking up his ass, like, <laughs> just unreal. Um. I just there's a lot of those things too like the he's sitting in a car saying a completely unprovoked la cosa nostra until i die like, it's just like a weird these weird you can tell this was like the movie equivalent of a chop shop yeah that it when, uh, uh, well when he goes when when he's going on the like when he's going around doing hits when he's supposed to be in jail like with a, do they drop him off for his dentist appointment? Theme from Shaft is on the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I was when I was watching this, I was like, "Oh, the ad for the new Shaft movie." And then I looked and went, "Nope, this is still Gotti." Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, the frequent use of the word "motherfuckers" <laughs> with two D's. <laughs> Um, wheeling around and like an old cancer patient who's literally dying and can't move, mm-hmm. like Hannibal Lecter, and and like prevent presenting the image of like Hannibal Lecter. And he says and that he, he says Hannibal and Lecter, and then he says, <laughs> "Yeah, like, sure thanks for blowing my wad for me, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never like to have my own orgasms." <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I was like, I'm like Matthew McConaughey in that scene. Uh, in Serenity, we're on the boat with Anne Hathaway, where he's like, I win. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it was it was a lot. So, Carl, what do you what was like a bridge too far in this movie for you? Um, uh, was it the Russian hats they wore when they went on hits? I wanted one of those hats to go with my tracksuits. I would wear the shit out of it. <laughs> uh, there was there was a lot that kind of like just made me go what like the first thing that really stood out was the son who never aged um he looked 17 when he was going to college and i was like entire movie good good for you and then at the beginning when he's old older talking to john travolta or Gotti, who was clearly 40 years older uh, there, I feel like the producers was like, how do we make this guy look older? But like, oh, let's just spike his hair and give him glasses. They'll be like, that did it. That did it. He looks a <laughs> years older. This was great. He looks a little bit older. <laughs> you did. He's, he's supposed to. He's supposed to be what forty, and he looks like twenty three. So yeah. <laughs> it just Spencer LaFranco is such like a weird choice for that because like he has none of the like Travolta. That guy's not John Gotti's son. No, like, that's not the the guy that takes over after John Gotti's done. You know, like well, what's he? What was he in? Oh, Unbroken. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the party where he met his wife or future wife. That mm. I want to talk about that later Ooh. because actually we'll talk about that right now. Okay, well, I'm just gonna go. Was, go on, yeah. Carl. Because I am. I thought it was funny. Uh. First of all, uncomfortable, the introduction. Um, so explain what happens. You're going to talk more about that part. But my, my no, you can go with it. Um, your my biggest thing was that there was Pitbull music faded in the background. Like they were listening. Yeah. Di- like I said, diegetic Pitbull music in like, what, 1990 or 19, like late 80s. <laughs> Fireball in the background of the song. And I'm just like, I was waiting for one of them to be like, I love this song. That was not anything. <laughs> they were not Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Joao from the Portuguese Mafia. <laughs> it's pronounced Juan, first of all. That's what I meant to do. Oh, oh I love this song. <laughs> yeah. So in my head, in my head, my stupid little head, mm-hmm. I still made excuses for different things in the movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, he just has a baby face. Um, or that specific scene when like Pipple's playing in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, like even in like the eighties, like New York was full of um Dominican and Puerto Rican people. I'm sure the music <laughs> would be playing in the background of this Italian street party. Mm-hmm. It was just like really like my head would make, I make weird excuses for movies that other people wouldn't like. There's some things I don't make excuses for. Like uh-huh. anytime someone's driving and you can obviously see the fake background when they're driving. Oh I yeah. Don't make excuses for it. But like that, well, so, like, oh, hitch, you know, hitch it to a truck. <laughs> it's okay. It could be like thing. a pit bull deep track. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it could be. Um, so yeah, the, 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 the scene in which, uh, John Angelo Gotti meets his future wife, it, like, do, um, and by the way, like, I would say this is all this, the, the scene, the entire scene happens in front of the character of, uh, Bobby Boriello, who's played by Leo Rossi, who is the writer of the movie. He's the co-writer of the movie. Yeah. Um, so he's and he's the guy who's uh, you know on the grill the whole time when they meet. So he's just kind of like standing in the background of their conversation, like smirking. And they're all like ogling this girl, and then she says, "I'm 16." Yikes! Mm-hmm. And the reaction is not, "Wow, that was inappropriate." It's like, "Well, then can I buy you a soda then?" <laughs> yeah, and everyone's still on board. The other, everyone's the other. still on <laughs> It's like, oh, that's your daughter, huh? Mm, yeah. It's like, what the fuck? 
like and it's not like something that comes up later where they're just like yeah look at these creepy old men like they have a thing for teenage girls they're very bad people nope just a one-off like yeah like, we're all better ass here like that's fine um <laughs> i mean he's not like that i mean the kid is not he marries her yeah and that's not even but okay it's he's not supposed to be that much older than her but like the it's just the the dialogue around it. It's like, ah, you used to be, in, uh, and she's like, I grew up. No, you didn't. You're 16. <laughs> you didn't grow up. You're a sophomore in high school. Yeah, and but I'm like, an adult can... mobster. <laughs> and uh, and Bobby Borriello is back there, like, uh, uh, uh. yeah, he's. Th- and you can sense this originated with Leo Rossi at the typewriter, like, eh. <laughs> Bobby looks on in approval. <laughs> Hello. Well, all about it when she's <laughs> he didn't even go ah it was just like a oh dang really like it wasn't like a it was just like i'm going to buy you a different beverage it wasn't like oh i better not like statutorily rape you mm-hmm. it was just that i this would movie, not the other writer was roy moore <laughs> yeah I just like couldn't stop seeing it throughout the entire movie. It was like hanging over me because I'd start to feel bad for um, June John Junior's plight. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of stuck in between two worlds where he could do better, but he also wants to be part of the family business and whatever. Uh-huh. And then I'd be like, "Oh wait, he's with a teenager." Like, gross. Yeah, I don't know, man. I it was just it was too much for me to get past over and over again with that. Um. Mm-hmm. Couple things I wanted to address. Uh, some of the dialogue that was especially good was uh, buzzing like the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yeah, that was describing when, a oh, hit. That was, yeah, that was the Paul Castellano hit. Um, and by the way, like I don't know, like a bunch of I don't I know it's true to life, but a bunch of guys like describing how Paul, a guy named Paul, is a threat to them doesn't play well. Uh, it, uh, I would suggest Paul that Paulie. they rename it. <laughs> yeah, right. Paulie is, Paulie like, is better, like, yeah. That's like being like, oh, uh, Grover's going to come kick our ass. <laughs> fucking North Grover's never kicked anybody's <laughs> ass. Well, he drowned the government in a bathtub. But <laughs> uh, how's that working out for you, Grover? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, where, like I, <laughs> we're gonna go in and out bazang like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like bazang. That's gotta be a reference to something, like I, yeah. But what is it? It's like yeah. see, that's the thing. Like this is like it's like us doing an improv show and referencing something that happened at the bar before the improv show that no one yep. else saw. <laughs> like it's like it's like one of the guys said that. It was like Steelers fans, like, yeah, bazang. It's like the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, baby. I lived in Pittsburgh for, for two years. I had never heard anybody say bazang. <laughs> it's like they couldn't get the copyright on Bazinga from, like, the Big Bang Theory. So they had to just say bazang. <laughs> it was just unreal. Um, one dark thing I wanted to touch on uh-huh. is, uh, actually, no, speaking of Grover Norquist, how often they say they want to fuck the government? Oh, like, hmm. it's like several times every day I'm alive is a fuck you to the government. And then, uh, the then John Gotti's wife at her son's trial is like the government. They're the real gangsters. It's like a, <laughs> a Kelly Preston. It's like a tea party um, left. It's like a tea party wet dream. Um, it is. A it's a libertarian wet dream. It is. <laughs> This was like it's how the audience responded at the when you know I was at the uh, the Megadeth show and Dave Mustaine was like, "If you're sick of the government telling you what you can do, you can't do." Everybody's like, eh. Meanwhile, same, the "Go same for the same thing." Has an eight o'clock curfew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is my um, still cutting in and out or? No, you're good. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been this whole movie is just like a tour de force of just like it's almost got like a like a William S. Burroughs like this thing was just like chopped up and put back together. Yeah. <laughs> Funniest review 
uh, about how one of the critics described this movie, and I would like to share that. Or should I share these after? I have two. I'll share. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> it, it said it bounced between 36 years of events at random. Uh-huh. Whack to future. <laughs> Back to what? Carl, you cut out. He said, we'll call it whack to the future. Okay. <laughs> that is a good joke. I was like, all right, I like these. Uh, the second uh, review I read was, I'd rather wake up next to a severed horse head than ever watch Gotti again. So, number one, this movie wanted me, made me want to start smoking again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just an aside in my notes. Here's a thing. Anyone notice who played John Gotti's wife? Yeah. Uh, uh, it, uh, and, like, her performance is, like, one of the most unfortunate things about this movie. <laughs> Uh, dude, Carl, do you know? <laughs> Isn't it Travolta's wife? Yeah. Yeah, Kelly Preston. That's right. You know why that's really interesting? Why? The dead kid angle. Oh. Yeah, because they even... have a dead kid. I didn't even think and of that. And the only part in this movie where I wasn't feeling bad for like a performance perspective for mm-hmm. Kelly Preston was when she was like crying about her dead child. And I was like, Oh, that's real. Yeah. Even, even Travolta is crying in the, um, the, uh, uh, uh the, the living room at like the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was, that was real shit. Yeah. Well, like that, they're, scenes together though like absent that their scenes together like remind me why married couples should never act opposite each other like except Steve Carell Steve Carell and Nancy Carell <laughs> yeah I suppose so I don't I don't know that I've seen them except that like those few episodes of The Office she was on that's what I'm talking about yeah right <laughs> like <laughs> Um, but like, it feels so much like after, after, after Ephraim Entourage called cut, they were like, all right, see you at dinner. Like (laughs) the, it, it, like it, they feel like two, two people playing pretend. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, it's like when two, like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen this. I, maybe I just, I've had an unfortunate life. You ever see like me, like two married people like doing like a weird role play thing at a bar and you're like sitting at the next bar stool over and you're I, listening I, to I, it. I feel like and I know you what, know what they're, about. you know what they're doing is like a role play thing and it's go, like, oh, Hey, big boy, come here often. But they're both wearing their wedding rings and they match. Yeah. And you're like, you're married. Oh, this is a, this is a sex thing. Oh God. That's what this movie <laughs> felt like the entire time. Whenever they had to interact with each other outside of their dead child, I was like, Oh my god, this is like a fuck thing for them. They're like, uh, John Travolta, you want to play Gotti? Uh, can Kelly play Gotti's wife? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah, this movie was a lot. Um, one thing, uh, the guy, the actor of the, the son's friend, um, Reyes Correo? Correo, he was in. He was in. Yes, he was in. Uh, he's Billy. Live now, yes. He he's Billy who sings uh, the uh, man the the day Robert Palin shot me. <laughs> I was watching this movie, watching him for about fifteen minutes, or for any time he came on screen, I wasn't paying attention to what was happening in the scene. So I'm staring at him, going, "What the hell is he in?" And I'm looking him up on IMDb, and I couldn't find. I think you should leave now on IMDb, and I'm like, dude. Mm-hmm this guy where is he from and then he made a face he did like the little upper lip thing that he does in the uh, uh-huh. holy crap and that's the day the skeletons came to live to live <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
distracted most of that most of the movie with with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like most of the people in this movie, this is either in their like first five films, or they mm-hmm. haven't had a big role in twenty years. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I mean, like. Did you freeze? I mean, they talk. So he's like talking to him, does the fist thing, and then he doesn't really. They don't really address the until the funeral. The funeral's the next scene. Mm. Like, what the fuck? Do you want to do? I try and start back because you froze for a second. Uh, Where did I freeze? Uh, You were leaned back, and you were like, "Well, what?" And then you froze. Yeah, it probably wasn't that important. <laughs> it probably it probably wasn't my hottest take yet. My hottest my hottest take is them having a real dead kid. <laughs> that is uh, and a fake dead kid. I didn't even think. Well, it's like it's not the like it like they they're having a real dead kid is not like that's not the worst um like method acting uh as if to to you like I suppose like I suppose like the dramatic weight of the situations is is similar enough. Uh, so it's not as if it's like Liam Neeson imagining himself committing a hate crime to the to give himself the like give give himself the motivation for like the heroic roles in place. Are you suggesting that John Travolta and Kelly Preston strategically killed their child to get themselves ready for Gotti? I didn't. I didn't consider that until just now. But <laughs> hey, we're I'm playing Gotti. You know what we have to do. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so that took a really fucking dark turn. Well, the out of all uh, the dark things we've talked about, this might actually be the darkest thing we've it talked might about. Be. And and their other child was in uh, Old Dogs. So <laughs> so. That was like fortunate all around. <laughs> the other child that I forgot that they had a he uh, that John Jr. had a younger brother until the hospital scene at the end. I was like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, there was a third brother, and it's mm-hmm. the child. No, no one remembers the middle child. He's just kind of there. <laughs> I don't know, man. This yeah. movie sucked. Um, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'm never, I'm not gonna live to see another movie like this if I mm-hmm. live. To be five thousand. <laughs> yep. Which is you're the final gonna, line of the movie. You're not gonna be able like me if you live to be five thousand years old. <laughs> good, good, He's good. Like, a little more drunk. I don't even <laughs> think he says years old. He might. Is it just five thousand? I think he just says five thousand. Which suggests that he thinks that you might be a robot. Uh, maybe this is this, this this is like a bicentennial man situation. Maybe this is the perfect movie for robots. Maybe it explains like, the dialogue. This is, well, yeah, like well, because like another thing, one thing about this movie is like they uh, all the dialogue is basically characters explaining what they're gonna do. Yeah, it's like Pop, I think I'm going to take the deal. You should not take the deal. <laughs> like, I'm gonna but, take over the crime family. I gotta kill these five people. Yeah, <laughs> like we gotta like kill t- Paul. <laughs> him narrating to the gravestone of his best friend was one of the was one of the best scenes. When uh, like I put I put Angelo on the shelf and he died a year later. I'm sorry, Angelo. I had to do what was best for the family. <laughs> if you ask me, he died of a broken heart. <laughs> oh, I wrote that down too. Yo, um, so that five thousand mm-hmm. real quote from, from from John Gotti. That is a real. Oh, quote. ah. Well, I'm, that yeah, that explains it. I looked up to find the audio because I was just going to play it, but I just looked it up and I was like, "Holy crap, this is this is real." Because I thought it was from the movie, but this is an article from two thousand two. But it says, "Listen to me carefully." Gotti bragged to the Marin visitor. Uh, 1998 videotape. You'll never see a guy like me if you live to be 5,000. Holy shit. It's a real. All right. So now I'm not going to make fun of that because John Goddard will haunt me from the grave. A real good line right there. I think that's why they, uh, 
I, I think that's why this movie is so kind to, to him and his family. Like, because it's basically about, you know, like, don't cut a deal with the cops. No, it's in like fuck have, the government. Yeah. They're the real gangsters. And I have to, yeah. <laughs> who who are the real gangsters, asks Kevin Connolly. <laughs> um, this, uh, this movie has two credited screenwriters. One of them is Leo Rossi, who plays Bobby, who's mugging through the whole pedo scene. Um, and the other is Lem Dobbs, who I, I'm convinced, like, I'm convinced that like a bunch of a bunch of writers must have worked on this movie because it's such it's such a troubled production, uh, and Lem Dobbs got stuck with just like you know get that WGA thing where like oh, I guess you wrote fifty one percent of this or you wrote like thirty six percent of this movie so you have to be the <laughs> credited screenwriter because yeah. he's written a lot of like decent things like he wrote uh, Dark City. He wrote he wrote a movie called the the Limey, which stars Terrence Stamp. Oh, I love the a, Limey. Yeah, it's a, a Steven Soderbergh film. He wrote the other the other Soderbergh film was Haywire. He wrote like which is actually really good. The one with Gina Carano. He wrote the score that uh, the De Niro, Marlon Brando, Edward Norton movie. Like so, uh, and it says it says he has uncredited revisions on the movie SWAT. <laughs> <sighs> But like, I uh, I have to I have to assume that like he was just the one who got stuck with it. Yeah. Like, like it was, you know. Like I I feel kind of bad for that. <laughs> Can you finish it? <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> so we're done with Gotti. That's. I think I'm done with it. Um, I I yeah. actually I want now that we've finished talking about the actual movie. We started one. Stephanie and I started watching this on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep three times during this movie. <laughs> so today, while I was working, I, I rewatched the whole thing. Yeah, I, I <laughs> first came out because I was actually pretty excited. For, well, I was pretty excited for it because I like John Gotti. I was like, "This is going to be a really good movie. It looks really good." So what? John Travolta's in it, and they use Pitbull in the trailer. But that's probably the only time you're going to hear it. And then I heard Pitbull at the beginning, and I think I the first time I turned it off was at that party when she was like, I'm 16. I was like, yep, I'm not doing this. And then this time I got past it, and I was like, okay. Well, no, I didn't get that, but I mean, I'm just like, I got past that part. And I was like, all right, yeah, I guess. But it, not only is it a Pitbull song, not only is it the Pitbull song that was written for the movie, it's a Pitbull song that was written about the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, movie? So many car explosions. Oh, that's well, like, a mob what, movie. Yeah, well, like, what do you think happened? It's, it, yeah, it's like this, this guy has seen all the Scorsese movies, but, he's like, but like, is just going to do, do what they do. Like, how, what do you think is going to happen when two guys get into a car and the camera just lingers on them for like 30 seconds. It's like, or he, for a second, or, like I know the two, the, the two guys who are, they're talking about meaningless stuff and the, they, and they get in the car and like, and the movie's showing you all of it. And it's like, all right. And explode and explode and explode, explode and explode, explode. <laughs> there it is. Okay. <laughs> I have an alternate theory. Mm-hmm. Kevin Connolly's actually never seen a mob movie. Mm. He's only seen Jane Austen's Mafia. Mm. That's a possibility. <laughs> so I feel, uh, so I feel about Zack Snyder. I feel like he's never read a comic book, and he just walked into a comic book shop, saw the Batman cover, and went, "I'm going to do that," and then left. Got it. Yeah, probably. Figure it out. <laughs> Visionary director Zack Snyder. Yeah, sure. Well, no, 300 was real. I, I loved 300. He had, I hated 300. <laughs> well, the, he had something to follow in 300. Same thing with Watchmen. He had a comic book that was basically his screenplay. And then yeah. all of a sudden, wait, did he, do, did he do Watchmen? Or was that Brian Singer? No, he did Watchmen. He did Watchmen too. Right. And then uh, when he did Batman versus Superman, I was like, you motherfucker. Brian Singer is Watch Boys. That's right. <laughs> 
That's right. Christ. We should cut that. No. Um, <laughs> all right. We are now to the point in the bit players bits per second podcast where we talk about what we can't stop thinking about. Quit your bitsin. Carl, what are you bitsin about? Um, after watching this movie, I'm bitsin about not having enough awesome mafia outfits, like matching. Like some- oh shit, we forgot to pick our next movie. Pick it. Oh yeah. Guys. Um. So this is Carl's turn. Uh, wait, should I finish my bits in or should I pick the next movie? Uh, finish your bits in and then add your movie to the end. Um, I wanted to do... Uh, yeah, I, I just want more matching suits. I want to... And the big glasses. I have a fake pair of big glasses, but I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to start doing this right. This made me want to really step up my outfit game. Fashion, like that, that purple jacket the purple blazer with the turtleneck mm-hmm. oh yeah even the suit at the beginning mm-hmm. just chilling in the with the bridge in the background but i was just like i gotta step up my uh, new newport i'm marrying into an italian family so i just i want to look the part now yeah you should oh, do uh you should do one of your videos newport it's a great let me tell you something newport the greatest <laughs> fucking city in the world with the bridge two ways to get out of here <laughs> Carl, Not I know we're doing Saturday. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't have to work this anymore this weekend. So, well, I, but I got called out. So let's do this. Um, the Bell Bridge, the Mount Hope Bridge. I took both. <laughs> so for the what's our movie? The movie. I I don't know if it's free, so I might text you guys to change it. Um, hmm. I have to look. Uh, if you can't find a free copy but pain and gain starring mark Wahlberg and the rock that was the one i was gonna suggest that, that was the one i was week, gonna suggest when I was, next <laughs> when i when i no, like when i was trying to think i know i thought of a movie that's based on a true story and involves like fighting in some way it's it's like bodybuilding it's not fighting but but that's the one i was thinking of yep. based on a true I can, story i can find the rock yep I can find I it. It, it, I, it. I think that might be. I, all right. No, I'll, I'll save it for next. I'll save my thoughts for next week. Okay. But I, I can. I can get my hands on it. Cool. That one's gonna be. That one is gonna be a long one to talk about because there's a long. There's so much. But yeah, there's a lot going on in it. <laughs> Since theaters, but I, I remember thoroughly enjoying it. And when I looked up true story movies that were crazy, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's that's the one. That's the one I wanted to. <laughs> So like my my inability to think of pain and game was the reason that we the reason that you guys got gaudy. <laughs> <laughs> if you have regular cable, you can watch it. Really? Mm. Okay, cool. Well, what's it on? TBS. Oh, <laughs> nice. I mean, it's probably a, probably a slightly edited version, but I've seen it before. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll pay the two ninety nine for the f words. Yeah, it was either. Mm movie jobs but i went with this one wait now jobs the ashton kutcher yep version or jobs steve jobs the the michael fassman no the ashton kutcher one Uh Hmm. (laughs) now i have to think of a new one (laughs) i I just want to read the the synopsis of pain and game real quick because it really gets me going (laughs) in 19 in 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 1990s, not the 1990s, in 1990s, <laughs> Miami. Well, it's true. There are like multiple, I mean, <laughs> there are multiple 1990s, I suppose. There's in BC. A gym manager, Mark Wahlberg, and his muscular accomplices, Dwayne Johnson, Anthony Mackey, kidnap a wealthy businessman and force him to sign over all his assets including cars and the luxurious mansion to them. Oh, yeah. I'm already hooked. I don't feel like they captured the movie. I'm just kidding. They captured the movie. Um, Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Jim Foley, what are you bitching about? Um, Today, we're we're recording today on the blackout day, so I'm going to seed my bits into Black Lives Matter. Fair enough. Fair enough. so I am bitsin about something that we're we have coming up this weekend. I'm not complaining about it. Uh, I'm just obsessed with it. Um, not this weekend, but uh, on June 26th, we are going to have our first ever 
Bit Players Trivia Fundraiser. It's something I'm really pumped about. Um, it we call it Match Your Wits with the Bits. Ooh, um, we're nice. going to do a Zoom trivia night. It's a fifteen dollar per person buy in. Um, all the the proceeds go to Save the Chair, our theater, and our little improv group. Um, and we're going to do everything we can to make it awesome. Every team, a uh, maximum of six people, will be assigned a bit player mm-hmm. to be on their team. And each round will have a bonus question that is just a bit player's question. So you're going to need the bit players to answer that question. And if they don't mm-hmm. answer it right, we get to fire them. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So I apologize to my team if it's about wrestling or any kind of sports. <laughs> we'll always be a wrestler. Um, this weekend? What? You say this weekend? No, I, I said that, and I, I realized I didn't mean that. I'm going to post the event this weekend. Mm. Um, but, yeah. So, we're really excited about it. It's going to be June 26th. It's a Friday at 8 o'clock p.m. Um, it's We are be- very generously, um, my friend Andrew's company, McKayhe Standard Trivia, mm-hmm. is uh, going to lend their service to us. And it's going to be really fun. So if you want to participate, you buy your tickets online. You get a, and uh, tell us who's on your team, and um, it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited for it. So I can't stop thinking about it. It's going to be fun. I'm really excited. Yeah. I hope I don't get the question wrong. I like being in this group. But if I well, get it wrong, can I still do the podcast? You can be a guest on the podcast. <laughs> All right, cool. That I'll, seems fair. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, this has been the Bit Players Bits Per Second Podcast. Uh, we are still working on our online stuff. We've got trying to work on some um, outdoor kind of performances. Uh, we have our trivia night coming up. We have Steph, Corn, and Tammy. We have Vlad's one-on-ones. Actually, has Vlad finally gotten through his one-on-ones? Uh, is, is he done with them? I know mine's, mine's been posted. Three more. One comes yeah. yeah, there's we have, three more. Uh, one-on-one with Vlad Tenenbaum. Uh, we have our Instagram takeovers. We have our six-foot serenades where we will come and sing for your dad on Father's Day. Ooh. I don't talk to my dad much. So I will come sing to your dad instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad will just tell me they wasted money on all those guitar lessons. Um... <laughs> So we will come to you. We will come to him. We'll come to your grads, uh, graduation parties. We'll come help you celebrate in a safe six foot distance. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's keep this going. Um, hashtag Save the Firehouse. Uh, PayPal.me slash Firehouse Theater. I think that's all. This has been the Bit First, Bits per Second Bit Players Podcast. I'm Jared. I'm Jim. I'm Carl. Thanks for listening.